0: Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk There's a verse going up on the screen, there it is. So if you visit us today, it's absolutely lovely to have you with us today. I just had a real sense that as I've seen one or two visitors coming in, that, that God has plan and purpose for you being here today. And that the biggest thing we could give you is to take away a blessing of the house. So if you're visiting us today, we bless you in Jesus' name. We pray that the peace of God would rest upon you and your families. And it's absolutely brilliant to have you with us. Uh, we've been talking about the, uh, what it means to be an apostolic church. And... Um, it, it's kind of, we thought we'd get a flow at it, but it hasn't quite worked out that way. Uh, there's been bits in between, but we've had, a good, we've had a good go at it. I've got this week and next week, and then the following week, we're going to talk about, really about how we see the church develop, and, and what that apostolic church is going to look like. And I suppose a call, or a rallying cry for those of us who are a part of this church, to what is going to be required of us. We talked a lot around how um, an apostolic people need to be a relational people. And one of the things I want to bring this week in the time I've got left is the understanding of this, that, that we understand and know what it is to relate to Father God. We know this stuff because we were brought up on it. And if you don't know that stuff, then you need to get to know that stuff. And we're learning more and more about that. There is a more... God is revealing more of who He is, I believe, in this day than He ever has. Now, that's a big statement, but I really believe that. I believe that when God says um, that He's going to pour out His Spirit on all flesh, I believe part of that is that the heavens are going to begin to open up. And and people who we now see as really a bit wacky when they talk to us about visiting heaven or the courtrooms of heaven or... Those people at the moment, you kind of still see them a bit wacky. It's a bit like in the 70s when you put your hand up in a church and worship. And people used to look, can you remember that? And people would look across and go, oh, he's one of them charismatics. What's going on with him? He wants to play a guitar. All of that kind of stuff. And I believe at the moment, that experience of engaging heaven is a little bit like that experience of putting your hands up in the 70s. And we're looking at it and going, yeah. but I believe in 10 years' time, it'll be the norm. Yeah. And people will be doing stuff from a, from a blueprint that was given to us directly from heaven. We won't have a 10-year vision plan. We'll have a blueprint that we've received from heaven itself. And we walk in that blueprint. This is what the Lord says. In a little while, in a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake the nations. Ha. And what is desired by all nations will come. Listen, what's desired by all nations. And I will fill. The house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. You can look at this in two ways. The house being the house, this place, collectively. Or you being the house. Who make up this house. So if the greater glory is coming, it's coming to you. And it's coming to me. And it's coming to us collectively. There's a greater glory. And, it, and it's tracked along... By peace. Be good on. Be good on. Be good on. God is not only a father who has a son, but is a son who has a father. I'll say that again because most of you will have missed it. I had to read it six times. God is not only a father who has a son, but is a son who has a father. So when God decided to come and reveal Himself as Father, He came as a Son. Ah. For various reasons, God, in His wisdom, chose to reveal Himself through a Father and Son relationship. Now, when I'm saying sonship or father and son, I am being inclusive. All right? I just I haven't got time to go over it all. All right? So this is an inclusive. Father, son, father, daughter. So when I'm speaking of sonship, I'm speaking of daughtership as well. All right? So just to clear that at the beginning, just so we all know, we talked about the seven spirits or seven anointings that rested on Jesus. Remember we talked about those? And we talked about how those were primary anointings and how they rest on each of us, taken from Isaiah and Revelation. And we talked about primary colors, how your eye only sees three colors, yet we can, we, yet, yet we can take in a vast amount of difference in that. How the, the rainbow only has seven primary colors, yet they, there is a vast amount of color from those seven primary colors that you can make. So the seven anointings or the seven spirits that rested on Jesus as an apostle are available to us today. And they're much bigger in how we work out them. Definition of an apostle, people, is to be in submission to another person and to carry the authority of another person. Jesus was in submission to His Father, and He carried the Father's authority. Son-Father relationship. I haven't forgot about the Holy Spirit. I know He's in there. Don't worry. But it's interesting, isn't it, that God says very little, really, about Holy Spirit in terms of relationship. But He uses very strongly this Father-Son relationship. Very strongly. And indeed says... Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It's amazing. There's so much depth in this. I think relationships, so this is this way. Now we're going this way a little bit. I think relationships, one with another, is critical to our wholeness. Even more, it's critical to our holiness. on. <laughs> God demonstrated it in relationship. Jesus demonstrated it in relationship. And this is the challenge, I believe, for an apostolic people. It's how we get this bit right. Most of us are in our own little world and we can get this bit right. It's me and dad. It's me and the father. And that's a great thing. But there has to be this bit. It's you and your neighbor. Is you being willing to lay down your life for the brethren. Well, there's much more on this, I'll tell you. But uh, I left you with a challenge last week of, of texting somebody. I left you with a verse that says, basically, if you say you love God but hate your brother, you're a liar. Bible can be quite pointy sometimes, can't it? <laughs> <laughs> And actually, how can you come here and worship if you hold hatred in your heart towards somebody? And remember Jesus' definition of, of things like adultery and hatred are very different to what the Old Testament was. You didn't have to do it. You just had to think it. It has to be in your heart. And the challenge is this, that we cannot afford that. We can't afford those relationships where you hold hatred in your heart towards your brother. Or your sister. We will never see the fulfillment of an apostolic people while that remains in your heart. You've got to deal with it, you've got to get rid of it. You know, Jesus was not made to do anything, He chose. Out of love and honor for his father. And a willingness to do what his father asked him to do. Jesus lacked no freedom. At all. He chose submission in relationship. Remember when he said, I could call down legions upon legions of angels. He lacked no freedom. Remember when he prayed in the garden. He says, God not my will but yours but he didn't lack any freedom in that choice he made the choice to step in for us out of relationship with his father we're talking a little bit about needing a much bigger understanding of pentecost how pentecost itself came upon a group of people not an individuals uh, not an individual But the individuals who left, remember we thought there might have been as many as 500, the individuals who left didn't get the blessing. Have you thought about that? They didn't get it. They moved away from the house. Oh, there's a word in this here today for you. They moved away from the house of blessing, and the blessing come, and they didn't get it. They missed out. Oh, well, maybe God blessed them later. Maybe He did, but He didn't bless them at that time. There was something they missed because they didn't wait. <laughs> There's something stirring in the spirit over this region. And we're in that place of waiting. And many people are getting a bit, when's it going to happen? Don't leave the house because you'll miss it. Stand faithful, believing that God says what He says He will do. And, And there was a corporate blessing come to them. 120 people got whacked in the Holy Spirit. All together, all at the same time. There wasn't an altar call. There wasn't nice music behind. They were sitting on chairs, trembling, probably in fear. Wondering what happened to the rest of the church. Do you know so-and-so's gone? Yeah, he's gone to that church down the road now. But I'm going to sit. Because I believe God's called me to this place for this time. To receive something from heaven. Well, there's a word in that for us today. God's called you to a place. Sit and wait until the blessing of heaven comes. The grass is not always greener, let me tell you. 120 people, but the, the key to this is this. The key to it is this. In that corporate blessing, they came out of it with one heart and one mind. In the corporate blessing, they came out with one heart in one mind. And at the heart of an apostolic church is that. One heart and one mind. It is the true Ecclesia. It really is. Submit to one another. Ephesians 5, 21. Submit to one another. What's our motive? Out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ i tell you what an apostolic people looks like. It looks like teachable. It looks like humility. It looks like a willingness to lay down their lives for the brethren. It looks like honesty. It looks like accountability. It looks like openness. It looks like transparency. It does not always look like thunder and lightning from heaven. This is some of the most... To identify in apostolic people, (laughs) all of those characters, all of that character needs to be built into us. When we stop looking for power, hear me right on this. I've seen many, many miracles. But listen to me, this is important. When we stop looking for power, and we begin to build relationship, power will flow. Yeah. Father, son, relationship. If you've got a, any note, 20 quid note, it has two sides to it. <clears throat> and both of the sides need to have something on them for you to receive the value of the note. We've done Father, Heavenly Father, relationship this way. But I believe the other side of the note is our relationships this way. Sons walk with fathers. Spiritual sons walk with spiritual fathers through good times and bad. And they stay. <laughs> The spirit of sonship is at the heart of the message of an apostolic people. It's at the very heart of it. Jesus demonstrated it through his father. I believe it's at the heart of our Christian experience. And right throughout the Bible, we can see how spiritual dads and spiritual moms give blessing to their kids the changed the world. See, Moses, Joshua, Elisha, Elisha, Timothy, Paul, Jesus with the 12, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Ruth. I could go on. The Bible's full of spiritual mums and dads. I don't remember. Um, If we go way, way back and we want to go to Adam, (laughs) Adam was the first dad. He's your spiritual dad. And because of his mess, we all ended up in a mess. (laughs) Remember Abraham as well? Remember the old song? Father Abraham. Let's not go there. Right, leg, left, leg, shake your leg, I don't get... Paul spoke a bit about this last week, but it's incredible to know that you are not only a son of God, but you're a son of Abraham. Because the blessing that was released to the Father of the faith remains today. It's scriptural, believe me. You can have a look at it. it Abraham—it's just—he's called exalted father, but it's just—it's an amazing picture. Um, What was the one thing that Abraham got from God that was going to make a difference to him? The son. Abraham wanted a son. He couldn't have a son, so God says you're going to have nations. <laughs> so one thing he wanted: a son. Wow. Well, listen what it says in Galatians. Listen what it says. You Christians? Galatians 3:14. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit through Abraham. Romans 4.11 Abraham and he received Circumcision as a sign, as a seal of righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. So then, he is the father of all who believe, but have not yet been circumcised. In order that the righteousness might be credited to them. Wow. Father Abraham. We have the blessing of our father Abraham, the father of the faith. What does a good dad give to his kids? He gives them identity. He gives them motivation. He gives them permission to succeed. He gives them security. He gives them a general blessing. I wanna talk to you a little bit about blessing if I've got time. Because we spend so much time talking about curses, we miss the understanding that there's blessing to be had. I don't know why as Christians we focus so much on curses. Do you know curses probably 200 times in the Bible? Do you know how many times blessings mentioned? 600. Why do we focus on curses? You know, there's a blessing to be had. Do you know right throughout the Bible where they spoke, blessing, I, I, I need to try and come on to this because it's really important. Jesus is the complete representation of his Father. He entrusted every judgment to the Son to the point that you cannot come to the Father but through the Son. There's no way to the Father except through the Son. The Father-Son relationship is critical as a way to move forward. And I'm really blessed because I have a couple of dads. One of them's here today, Peter, and I have the bishop. And they're dads to me. They're spiritual dads. But for some reason, the church has lost sight of this. But it's right through Scripture. It's rife. And I bet the vast majority of us sitting in this room today have not got a spiritual mom or dad. That's what Paul says up here. Oh, you've got plenty of teachers. You've not got many dads. There's a need for a spiritual dad in your life or a spiritual mom in your life. Massive need for that. I can Seriously, I would not be standing here today without my spiritual parents who have cheered me on, who've seen things in me I couldn't even see myself. Seen in me things I wouldn't even see myself the bishop prophesied over me last couple of weeks back. And he said this, because I said to him, I never thought I'd see myself standing here. You know what he said to me? The Lord says this, you'll say the same thing, but it'll be a, a place where you'll be saying, I never thought I'd see myself seated here. Wow. See, only a dad can release that. Only a dad can release that. Only a spiritual dad or mom can release that kind of thing over your life. A lot of people think it's God. It is, but it comes through your spiritual parents. It comes through the blessing of another. It comes through the impartation laid on you by the hands of another human being. Jesus said, I didn't come to do my own will. I came to do the one of him who sent me. You know, Abraham, he, he went. There was a, remember, there was a big battle. And, and he went out and he got some of the loot. And he was coming back. And he met a king, actually, uh, by the name which we all know, Melchizedek. He met Melchizedek. And Melchizedek was a complete representation of Jesus in the Old Testament. Well, I'll see if I can get to it and read some of it to you, but he was a, he was a representation. Listen what it says in Genesis 14, it says this. Then Melchizedek, he brought, <laughs> huh, he <laughs> he brought out bread and wine. You see, Abraham, let me just fill you on this. Abraham met Melchizedek and he recognized something in him as a man that had fatherly power as a man and required of him the blessing of Melchizedek, a person. In in Abraham's response, listen... It, Abraham's response, you know what his response was? His response was this, I must give a tithe. He met this amazing man of God who was going to bless him. But he knew unless he gave a tithe, the blessing was going to be restricted or not even come at all. Was it the money? No. It was the honor. (laughs) When we understand the honor of the spiritual fathers and mothers, when we understand that, there's something in our hearts that's drawn out. So Abraham goes, I must give you, I must give you 10% of everything I've got. Spiritual dad. fourteen. Genesis 14, 18 says, Then Melchizedek, he brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High and he blessed Abraham, seen. Blessed be Abraham by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth. What a blessing. Blessed be Paul by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth. He blessed Abraham. And praise be to God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hands. Then Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. The very next word, ha. After the impartation, ha. What was next? What happened after that? God came, visited Abraham, and cut a covenant with him. As he subjected himself to the importation of someone who was before him or over him, God met him and cut a covenant. That still stands today for you and me. But he was willing to subject himself to a spiritual dad of the day. He got a name change, remember? Him and his wife. Hmm. He was called father of the multitudes. And her name was mother of the nations. That's what her new name meant. Mother of the nations. Come on women, some of you women want to be called mother of the nations, do you not? (laughs) After this, um, let me read this. I know time's gone, but let me read this. Genesis 15, it says, straight after this, it says, after this word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield and your very great reward. But Abraham said, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I am childless? And here's the key, here's the key. I am childless because if you're a child, if, right, I am childless, (laughs) Who will receive the inheritance? Ha oh. Ha? Oh. And Abraham said, You have given me no children, so the servant of my house will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He says, come outside and have a look. Look at the stars. See if you can count them. So shall your offspring be. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. That happened after he subjected himself to another man and received an impartation of blessings. Jesus laid aside all authority, all power to carry out his father's will with his father's power and with his father's authority that he might receive his inheritance. What's Jesus' inheritance? It's you and me. Jesus was faithful to a father because of you and me. You're his inheritance. God will not release the apostolic in the church until we first learn how to receive the apostle. Not just receive, but submit. Then the apostolic will flow. If we want to learn to be an apostolic people, We have to learn to walk in submission to one another. You know, Elijah and Elisha was another great story. And there was a story of a, of a spiritual dad and a son. You know, Elijah, he was so after the blessing, wasn't he? But it says that he served his spiritual dad. He says, where you go, I'll go. What you do, I'll do. And, 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 and his, his dad said to him, he says, look, if you're with me, when I'm taken, you can have the blessing. And there was lots of challenges that come where he could have been away. Yeah. <laughs> but when Elijah was taken, didn't die when he was taken, And his robe fell. Elisha took his robe and began to beat the river. Remember? And and the apostle, the the prophetic people opposite who were watching said this. They said, Look, look, the spirit of Elijah is on Elisha. The spirit of another man was on another man. Wow. The impartation. Wow. Wow. When it came for the old, time for the old man to go, the son received the inheritance. There's an inheritance for us. There's a blessing for us today. I could go on and on. I'm not, I'm going to finish in a minute, but I want to, Something else about that story as well. Remember what he asked for? He asked for a double portion. I'm sure we've all been there, haven't we? God, could I have a double portion? Have you been in prayer meetings like that? I bet you've even prayed it yourself. Give me a double portion, God. But have you, have you noticed in the story this? It was fascinating. Elisha didn't ask God for a double portion. He asked his spiritual father for a double portion. It was granted by God, but he didn't ask God for it. He asked his spiritual father, can I have a double portion? And he says it was granted by God. Maybe the double portion we've been asking for. And by the way, Elisha did double the amount of miracles that Elijah did. Yeah. Count them in your Bible. He did twice as many than what his father did. <laughs> ha. Inheritance, such an important thing. You know the father declared over Jesus twice, very clearly in Scripture. This is my son. In him I'm well pleased. And I believe that there is, in the church today, a huge misunderstanding of what it is to have a spiritual dad, I can tell you from many years of experience that I'm here today because of that. And I think I would be the lesser if I'd not had that experience. I believe there are plenty of scriptural evidence that says we should have spiritual mums and dads. Plenty of spiritual evidence. And I believe that there's plenty of spiritual evidence that says you should be in submission to them. But listen, I can't be a dad until I understand what it is to be a son. I must first understand sonship before I can understand what it is to be a dad. And it's in complete submission to another. We get really twitchy around this, don't we? we and, and I'm going to clear this up a little bit when we talk about honor possibly next week, I'm hoping to talk about honor and, and what honor really looks like. <laughs> Not the kind of honor where where you can use honor to get... Yeah, I'll talk about it next week. The, the spiritual blessing that we've had handed down from Abraham, I believe can be handed down from a spiritual dad, a spiritual mom. I believe the working out of that relationship is as important to your holiness as, 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 as anything else you could put your hand on. I believe Jesus demonstrated what it was to be a son. Very, very clearly. In submission to someone else, power and authority. And I believe we can too. So just as I finish, I want to say this, because there's also in this... A generational blessing, if you have children, there is a generational blessing as a mom and a dad, you can pray over your kids. The father's blessing is so important to the well-being of our kids. The mother's blessing is so important for the well-being of our kids. And 600 times in the Bible, it talks about blessing. And we focus on, let's get rid of the curses. When we begin to speak blessing over one another, blessing over a house, blessing over a region, blessing over a nation. Wow. How many times have we heard it? this nation's going down the hole or whatever it is and, and it, we don't realize what we're actually speaking. Just stop for a minute and begin to declare the goodness of God over your place. Amen. Just begin to shift the atmosphere by declaring that this is God's place. This is His place. Amen. Just stop for a minute because the tongue has life and death. Just stop for a minute and begin to believe that you have the ability to bless and not curse. It's in you. But not only that, when you do it, it makes such a huge difference. Such a huge difference. that the, the father, you know, the blessing of a spiritual father or mother makes such a huge difference. For you to bless this town, this region, makes such a difference. But we, we tend to think lightly of it. But you know the biggest thing this region could receive from us is a blessing of peace. We read it right through the Bible. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. We've got massive changes coming up. There's loads of political stuff going on. You know, Russians are coming here and dying and all the kind of stuff that's going on and, and, and Brexit and, and all that kind of political stuff. But listen, but listen this. You can speak above all of that. Because <laughs> you carry the authority of heaven. And you can speak above all of that stuff. When we speak to one another, we can speak above all of the other stuff. Because you look at someone and you instantly go, oh, but they're not. What about going, oh, but they are. (laughs) Oh, but they are. All right, we've all got bits that we're not. But what about if we focused on the are? And this is what it's going to take to be an apostolic people. It's going to take that mind shift. It's going to take that relationship commitment. It's going to take that understanding that we're being sent out as a family, the ecclesia. Yes. You Go on your own. That's great. But we go together. That's much better. Yes. It's much stronger. And there's going to be a call to us as we lay out the foundation of where we're going in this church, for you to be able to respond and go, I'm with you. I'm with you. I want it. I'm going for it. But that will mean you'll need to commit to relationship. One with another. That you'll need to prefer your neighbor above yourself. That you'll need to consider their needs maybe more than your needs. That's a whole biblical thing. Listen, I know this is not, in some sense has been a, You know, nice, packaged, preached today. But the heart of it is this. The heart of it is this. Jesus demonstrated something as a son to a father that we need to demonstrate. And I guarantee you, the vast majority of people in this church would struggle to know who their spiritual mum or dad was. They may think, oh, who led me to Christ 30 years ago.